Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. I hate scary movies. Who in here uh, likes scary movies? Okay, you guys, there's something we are going to pray in the name of Jesus for you, you people. This is your month. This is your month. I remember um, I realized... Uh, that when Rita and I were dating, I hate scary movies. I realized watching this movie that Rita hates scary movies way more than I do. We watched this in October. I'm like, it's scary month, our scary movie month. Let's watch this movie. It's not that bad. And um, she she freaked out. Well, that day there happened to be a freak snowstorm that evening that came in, like howling wind and ice is coming down. And so when I'm walking to her car that night to, to go home, like we are freaking each other out because there's a layer of ice on the car and I have uh, the um, ice scraper and we are like so scared that I'm going to scrape the back window and then like some face is going to jump out at us. And so like at the height of this moment where we're tense and we're kind of like holding on to each other and I'm scraping, this dude happens to be walking out at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night just randomly by himself wearing a, a trench coat like straight out of a horror film and scares the crud out of both of us. Reed and I were like, ah! Scare the crud out of him, too. He, got, he was, like, angry. He was like, oh, you could hear him. And he just, like, marched on off because we scared him, too. Scary month movie. Ghost stories, scary stuff. I'm not good. But um, today we're going to look at a ghost story in Scripture. If you have your Bibles with you, you can open up to Luke chapter 24. We're going to kind of bounce around a little bit. It'll be on your screen as well as on the Bible app. If you have the Bible app, Version Bible app, you can click on events and uh, you should be able to see the uh, Freedom Church event line up and now have uh, uh, all the verses there as well as my notes in there that you can follow along. If you have questions about that, you can ask me afterwards and get you plugged in. Um, in, in Luke chapter 24, it says, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Some of you guys need peace after watching that video clip. Peace. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. So, uh, quick context. Jesus had died. They had seen him. They saw him die. They saw him buried in the tomb. Three days later, he's alive. The resurrection. Only, <laughs> shocking all. What? is this. They thought they were seeing a ghost. This is the center of our faith right here. But he says, why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Which is where we're headed today. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch. Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies. I would have just been fine with Jesus saying, Touch me and see that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't exist. Well, that would be nice, Jesus. But if you want to freak yourself out tonight, read this one to your kids right before bedtime, where he says, ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Ghost stories, secrets. In Christianity, we have secrets as well. And one of those that we, we can hold in is not icy dead people, is I have doubts. I have doubts. We don't mention that in, 
in, in, out, out in public, like someone might come to me to the side, hey, pastor, hey, pastor, do you ever, do you ever doubt? No, sinner, I never doubt. Only sinners do. Today, I want to I give you permission to doubt. I want to I give you permission to doubt. We've been going through this whole series called Hello, My Name Is. And today, uh, the title is Hello, My Name Is Doubtful. And I want to give you permission uh, to have doubts. Why? Because when you read throughout Scripture, all the disciples, all, all, the, all the people, they doubted. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, you see him when you're introduced to John the Baptist. He's, he's baptizing people. He even baptized Jesus, which, by the way, just a, a quick side note, we're all about next steps here. And, and he, would, he would baptize people. He baptized Jesus. Jesus modeled that for us. If you've been saved, if you've given your life to Christ, your next step is baptism. It's God's, it's God's um, job to save people. But my job as a pastor is to help people take next steps to help disciple you. And that's the next step. The next journey is, is baptism. And I know it's scary. I know it's like, Ugh. it's a personal thing, but your personal faith was never meant to be private. And he said, baptism, that's how we celebrate you being a part of me. So you might need to text to that number. I think we have it up on the screen. You might need to text to that number the word baptism. Doesn't mean, or baptize. And you may not, um, um, we'll just have a conversation. We'll just have a conversation about it. But John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, he would baptize people. And then, at the end of his life, he's questioning. He's in prison. He'd been pointing people to Jesus his whole life, saying, he's the Messiah. Don't follow me. He's the one. He's the one. You would think he wouldn't have any doubts. I mean, he would know, right? But he's at the end of his life. He, he doesn't know it's the end of his life. It looks like it. He's in prison. He, he gets beheaded. So not all good things go happen to Christians. Just because you're in Christianity, like, it doesn't go well for him. He calls out to Jesus, and he says, Hey, are you the one, or should we be looking for somebody else? He had doubts. The disciples, they had their doubts too. There was, there's, one, there's so many points in Scripture, but there's one in John chapter 6. If you've never read this chapter, read it. it it's... Pretty weird. It's one of the strangest teachings of Jesus. Had some people pretty riled up. He just fed 5,000 people. Now, we all like free food, right? Everybody's like, free food? Love it. By the way, marriage conference, if you sign up, lunch is catered. It's all free, okay? Boom. In that day, free food didn't come. It was, it was like gold, and he fed them. They're like, feed us again. He said, okay. I'll feed you again, but I'll give you something better than physical food. I am the bread of life. I can feed you for eternity with a relationship with me. And, and then they're, they're kind of like, what is this bread of life stuff that you're talking about? And he pushes in, and he, he gets real creepy. He says, you're going to have to drink my blood. You're going to have to eat my flesh. And that sounds just as strange to them as it does to us. You're like, whoa, 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 cannibalism? I don't think so. And Scripture says at that point, Many of the people who were following him, many of his disciples, not the original 12, but many of those who followed, they left. They left. And, and Jesus, you see this, this scene, he says, they left. Do you want to leave too? I call these come to Jesus moments. <laughs> you have to make a decision. You can imagine the tension here. 
in this relationship. He's like, hey, if you've been thinking about breaking up with me, I'm, I'm, I'm laying it out here. You want to go or, or not? And they had a come to Jesus moment. I've had those in, in relationships. I used to be the one that was always getting broken up with in, in, in high school and, and in middle school. They would always break up with me, except there was one. And I wanted out of the relationship, but I didn't want to be mean. And finally, she brought it up. She said, hey, maybe we should break up. And I was like, yes, I think we should. That's the only time I ever broke up. Rita and I, we got... We had a come to Jesus moment. We were, I remember 3155 Arizona Street. One night we were sitting out there um, and we were sitting on the steps and it was like, hey, we've been together. We're either going to be here together and get married or we got a future ahead of us and we don't need to hold each other back. It's, it's a come to Jesus moment in a relationship. Now, I liked it, so I put a ring on it. I, within a, with, <laughs> I became a diamond expert in a week and we were engaged within two and married within three. Like, I got the business how it works I had to come to Jesus moment you want, to, you want to leave too when we have these moments when we have these moments of doubt two things two things really for Christians that you're struggling with is it worth it and is it true is it worth it to follow everybody else has left is it worth it to, to, to follow him and take my next step in faith or is it true is it true you're the Messiah are you the one with the bread of life and we're weighing these things. Peter, Peter, he comes up. He steps up to the plate. And he says, Lord, to whom would we go? And I'm going to submit to you. We'll circle around to this in a little bit. But this is the question. If you have doubts with your faith, this is the question you must ask yourself. If not you, Jesus, then who? To whom would we Go, you have the words of eternal life. Is it true? Is it worth it? Is it true? Is it worth it? Back to the ghost story with the disciples. One of the disciples was not there. He even has a nickname for his doubts. What is it? Thomas. Thomas. Doubting Thomas. We're going to set the doubter free today. We're going to set the doubter free in us today. It says one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Now you can imagine Thomas and all of these disciples, they had poured everything into their relationship with Jesus. Like as a good Jewish boy, you would go to a, a Jewish school and the best of the best would get picked by a rabbi to say, hey, you're going to now follow me because you're a great student. You, you know the Torah. You know, the, you know all the stuff. You're going to follow me. Well, at some point for these disciples, they didn't make the cut. And when you didn't make the cut in Jewish school, what? You went home to mom and dad's family business. So these guys were all, you know, a lot of them were fishermen. Some were tax collectors. They were all doing their own thing. And then one day, Jesus comes along to these guys, a rabbi, after they had never been picked and said, hey, you, on my team, come and follow me. It's like a, a childhood dream coming true. They left their careers and they followed Jesus. They saw him work miracles. They saw him heal. They saw him love. They saw him serve. They saw everything and then they saw him die. You can imagine the pain that, that was felt in that moment. And, and Thomas, you know, he, he gets a bad rap for doubting, but some, some scholars think he was really passionate like, where do you, how do you compartmentalize? How do you put this? He wasn't with the disciples because he's trying to figure this out. He didn't have a place to put it. 
So it's like, I put everything into him. I won't see it or I won't believe it until I see it. Now watch what happens. They said, we saw him. We saw him. It says eight days later. So you might have doubts. Thomas had doubts, but he didn't get his doubts answered immediately. Didn't get them immediately. But eight days later, the disciples were together again. This is huge. This time, Thomas was with him. You want to deal with your doubts? Get around other people. Don't isolate yourself. Get in a small group of people who know and love Jesus, who have connected with him, who have seen him, and can say, he's alive. He's done this in my life. Get around them. He's with them this time. Still hasn't seen them, but he's there. Big key. The doors were locked, and suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Now, as I read scripture, I always have, I like to have fun, but I mean, like Ninja Jesus, you did not know Ninja Jesus existed, but doors are locked, and then it's like, here's Jesus. He's very, very sneaky. You know, he, he just, you know, there might be a new Halloween costume that he just comes in and he scares the crud out of him. He's got to tell him, peace be with you. He has an incredible entrance as a ninja, but he says, I, that's just the mic break version how I read it. I'm sorry. You don't like it. There's other churches. Um, I just try to share what's in my brain sometimes. Peace be with you, he says, which is very good news for you and I as doubters. He could have said, nope, I did it. You've seen me and you still don't believe, out of here, you're done. Well, how much more do I have to do for you to believe in me? No, 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 he says, peace. A very, very over-the-top greeting for these guys. It's good news for you and I. And then he said to Thomas, because he's not afraid of going right to the heart of your issues, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Like, I know what you said. I know what your questions are. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, but believe. I want to do an illustration uh, with you guys to kind of help us show uh, the relationship between faith and doubt. And it's going to require, I need an adult volunteer that you're going to have to come up on stage up over here. I need one person. You just need to trust me a little bit, maybe be a little bit brave but you're going to like it in the end. I need one adult. I need an adult uh, to come up on stage. One person? Jeff, are you making your way on up here? All right. Thank you, Jeff. So um, everybody, uh, welcome Jeff uh, to the stage as he's coming up here. Now, I need you to to trust me a little bit, Jeff. Um, Hebrews Chapter 11, you can go ahead and just stand right here, stand right here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 gives us the definition for faith, and you can see it up there. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith is the evidence of what we hope for. Yeah, hold right there. I'm going to wrap this around. This is a tie. I don't have a blindfold, so tie will work in this, in this situation. I'm going to wrap that around. Hopefully that's not too tight. Okay, can you see? No, I really can't. Okay, all right. Do you, um, do you trust me? I know Christ, yes. Okay, all right. Smile. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now, what Jeff doesn't know is we're going to have an obstacle course to work through up here. But at the end, there's a prize, Jeff. Okay? And you guys can see this right here. This is a... This and a this. 
Okay, so count with me um, by like one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so Jeff, do you trust me? Sure. We're going to have to work through this here. So um, let's see here. Take a baby step towards me. Okay, now take a baby step back. Take a large step towards me and a large step back. Now do a twirl like a ballerina. No, don't do, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just trying to see what we're working with here. If you can, um, um, if you can listen to me, not to, which by the way, um, that's how God works with us sometimes. We're like, why am I going back and forth? He just wants to see what he's working with. All right, take a large side step, not, a, not too large, maybe a medium side step to your right. Okay, we do have a platform here. Take two giant steps towards my voice. Okay. Stop right there. Stop right there. All right, take one more large step. Okay. Now take a 90-degree turn to your right. Don't, don't, like, step off the stage. Just stay in the same position and turn to your right. Okay. Turn to 90 degrees to your right again one more time. Okay, now put your hands on your thighs. Okay, you're all right. Put your hands on your thighs and slowly sit down. <laughs> you can take the blindfold off. You can take, give Jeff a round of applause. Question that. Now, you don't know this, but this is yours. This is your prize. This is $100. This is yours. Um, this is for you. Why? Now, here's the catch. Here's the catch, and this is by faith. Is it better, Jeff, to give or to receive? Receive. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus says, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He says, it is better to give than it is to receive. So that is your money. But your assignment is that is yours to give away. You must give that away. You can give it away to other people. You can buy one person groceries, whatever you want to do with that. But that's yours to give it away. So, Jeff, thank you very much. No, that's yours. It's, you, not, you have to give it away tomorrow. So it's in your pocket right. to give it away. All right? Give Jeff a round of applause. That's faith and doubt working together. Like there's always an element of Am I taking the right step? Am I in danger? Can I trust you? What's really going on? People are laughing. They're looking. Jeff was a great sport. When it comes to our money, oh, to give? Do I really? Do I re is it true? Is it worth it? You see the struggle there. Is it true? Is it worth it? Is it true? Is it worth it? Can I really trust these things? And, 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 and we're going to see that if you step through in faith, there are promises on the other side of our doubt that God has blessings for you. may not be money, but he definitely wants to bless you and I in our steps uh, towards faith. All, all the great Christian leaders, all the great Bible stories that you read in Scripture, guess what? They all doubted. Joseph and Mary, when they were, when they were together, and you can picture this, Mary says to Joseph, you know, the Christmas story, we're getting ready to come up Christmas well, I'm pregnant, but it's not from you. And he's like, obviously it's not from me. 
what's going on? And she's like, uh, it's from God. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I like you, Mary, but come to Jesus moment. We are, we're, we're breaking up here. I mean, it doesn't talk about his doubts, but gosh, you have to know it was there. I mean, you didn't have Mari Povich there saying, hey, and we have a DNA test, and you're not the father. You know, it's, not, it's, it's there. They're human. And so what you need to know, the point is, faith, faith, faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is the means to overcome your doubt. The culmination of our faith is not, well, I'll take a next step once all my doubt's gone. No, it's always going to be there. It is like, I'm going to take a step forward despite the dark valley that I'm going through right now. I'm going to overcome my doubt with my faith. It is never the absence of doubt. You and I, just like all the leaders in, in Christian history, just like all the great Bible stories that you read, we have doubts in our lives. My son, he's, he's six years old. He's starting to ask questions. And so he, he wants to know, hey, where's, what town does Jesus live in? It's, it's heaven. Well, how do you get there? And he's wanting to know, like, like, do we road trip there? Do we take a plane there? Like, how long does it take to, to get there? And I'm like, ah, how do you ex explain this? And I was like, well, mate, you know, it's kind of like um, you only get there when you die. And then he's like, well, I want to die right now. And I'm like, this is not going well. And we're reading through, and he's like, you know, why is a, a snake talking to these, these humans and tempting them to try to get to eat out of this tree? And then you got this guy building this boat, and God's um, um, going to wipe everyone out, but then all, how, these animals are like, how does all this stuff go on? And I'm like, ask your mom. I, and he, he, he's like, you're the pastor. <laughs> Listen, I have doubts. Are these stories true? I'm reading them. I'm like, this is crazy. And I can't always, I can't always help um, when these waves come on, it's like, God, are you real? Jesus, are you, are you the, really the Messiah? God, if you're good, then why did you create cats? I, you know, it's just like, come on, I have, I have some doubts. Listen, here's what I know. Here's what I know. I don't know everything, and you don't either. We are not God. There's always going to be an, a mystery. There's always a, an element of mystery to God, and the beauty is my son is starting to get his first taste of what is a lifelong process of a mystery of figuring out, God, who are you? How? I don't understand in all this. Why is all of this happening? I don't see how all of these things connect. And we're seeking God to say, who are you? Are you really the one? And the more I get to know God, the more confused I get. I mean, okay, I realize that you say that, that your death on a cross can forgive all of my sin. And you, have a, you say, I'm your child, I'm your, I'm your son, I'm your daughter, I'm beautiful, I have a future and a plan and a purpose for you, and you're going to forgive all my past. Like, that's hard to believe. But what about my sin today? Because I look at that, and that's ugly, and that's shameful, and that's regret. Like, God, you're still going to give me a beautiful future and call me your son and daughter after what I did last night? And what I'm going to do in the future? And he's like, yeah, I still love you. Like, it doesn't excuse any of those things. His grace is not cheap. But it is still there, and it's available. I don't understand how that can happen. I don't, I don't understand how I've, I've tried to change. 
Like, it's just like, I, I want to change, and I try to change, and it doesn't work, and I tried it again, and it didn't work, and I went to church, and I went to a small group, and I, get, and it, I still have this junk on me, and it's like, it's at a hopeless, dead end. If you're there, if you've been there, if you get there at a dead end, God does some great works at some dead ends. When it doesn't look like there's any hope, when you're crying out to God, I don't see it, I don't understand it, I don't know how, if you're open to it, you can hear him speaking, and he'll show you which direction you need to take. Thomas, Thomas, look at my hands, touch, see. Look at the wounds on my side. Touch and see. Come to Jesus moment for Thomas. Which direction is he going to choose? Is it worth it? Is it true? Is it worth it? Is it true? Listen, you don't have to, you don't have to know everything about God. You don't have to believe everything um, or understand everything. Or you don't have to be able to explain everything about God in order to believe something. And this is what it comes down to. This is what it comes, to, comes down to. Watch, watch what, uh, what Thomas says. He says, my Lord and my God. He sees that. He sees the resurrection and he makes his choice. Listen, we have, when you're taking your next step with doubt, it's, it's on you. And whatever question you have, when you take your next step with doubt, you need to consider the direction you are heading. Because the truth is, when you are wrestling with doubt, and I'm either going to go towards unbelief or belief, you need to know the next step you take when you move towards something, you are also moving away from something else. So if you step towards unbelief, you're like, I don't know about this Jesus thing, but I'm going to go follow some other religion. Because I still believe in God, but some other religion. Well, guess what? Every other religion, you're going to have to work to earn it. Okay, just summarize it all. You're going to have to work to earn it. And you know, deep down, that that does not work. Because you can never work hard enough in whatever system to earn it. And by the way, like how much work is enough in all of those systems? You're just going to work, 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 and you hate that. You know you hate that. That's why you hate religion. Or you can go into, well, I don't want anything to do with religion. I'll just kind of create my, you know, I worship, I worship God in nature. And we just kind of create our own God, our own image of who we think God is. And you can go and do that. You're free to do that. But here's the thing. I don't know you, but I know you know you. And you creating a God is a scary, scary thing. And you know that too. While it sounds good on the surface, you creating God, that's a bad deal. Or you can go another step and say, well, I don't believe in God at all. And if you go to a godless world, you know you're going to have to deal with injustice. Where does that come from? Value. You don't have, all you are is a clump of cells. Your, your biology that gets activated for like 70, 80 years and then you just stop. You don't have value. Like what is value in that? Your kids don't have value? Like in a godless world, Here's what, here's what I know. You may believe that, 
but you hope it's not true. You hope you have a plan. You hope you have a purpose in your life. You hope you have value. You hope you have meaning. You hope there's actual real justice and injustice and and right and wrong. We may disagree on what all that is, but no one lives that way. So I know they may claim atheists, but they don't hope that that is the truth. And you're just, you're like, well, maybe I can't check that box. I don't know if I can really check that box. There's a, listen, all of these, I don't care what faith you're a part of, you're going to have doubts. You got a whole new set of doubts to worry about over here. Or maybe, or maybe, just maybe, there's something more where you don't have to earn it. It's already been done for you. And Thomas, he steps in and he leans into his doubt and he says, My Lord and my God. Translation I'm willing to be executed right now for this statement. Because a good Jewish boy under Jewish law claiming anything or anyone else's God outside of Yahweh deserves immediate death. And his statement, the doubter, the doubter says, now I'm willing to die for this because I've seen it and I believe it. I don't understand it all. But I know what I need, and it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I saw this man live it, I saw him claim it, and now I've seen it. And now I'm willing to die for it. And the question for you and I today is, are you willing to live for him? Because the doubter, Thomas, went and lived a life of extreme faith. Scholars say that he was the one that went towards the east, towards India, and, and brought the gospel out east, the first one, one of the first missionaries, and he lived it out, and he, and he died for, the, for his faith. Is it worth it? Is it true? Is it worth it? Is it true? In the middle is our doubt. In the middle is our doubt. And you have to consider which direction are you going to take. And the one thing, the one thing you need in Christianity is what Thomas pointed to, and it is the resurrection. If the resurrection did not happen, what we're doing here is a joke. But if it did happen, then it changes everything. To whom shall we go? Doubts whispering, is it true? Is it true? Is it true? And Jesus is saying, if not me, then who? Your faith, your faith will always be accompanied with doubt. It will always be there, but your next step determines whether or not you get to see, see God move in your life. He says, he says, you're always going to have doubts, but if you follow me and don't doubt, but have faith, then you will, will be able to do things like this and much more. You can even say to the mountains, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Now, the disciples who he was talking to there, and Jesus, and if we're, if we're thinking about things, he's not, he's not caring about reshaping mountains physically. I mean, we can do that. We can get a bulldozer, or you guys can get, make your bombs and blow things up or whatever. Who cares? These guys, he was about reshaping history, 
reshaping lives, reshaping hearts, reshaping souls, moving mountains in your marriage, moving mountains in your relationships with other people, and changing an entire culture, changing an entire world. And there's something about God on mountains where He reveals Himself. There's something about God on mountains when He shows you who He is, despite your doubt, to show you what is capable in you, and through you, and sometimes for you in your lives, if you would just step forward in your faith, your doubt's going to be there with you. But as Billy Graham always used to say, you can have all the faith in the world that that chair is going to hold you up, but until you actually step into it or sit down in it, you will never know. But the beauty, the mystery of God, and this is what I can't, I can't explain to you. I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face, and I kind of do sometimes. You're like, hey, land the plane, Mike. It is when you take the step of faith, and you look back, and you can point and you say, I know without a doubt that that was God in my life. And then you can take another step, and even in that doubt that you bring with it, it's like, I know that that was God in my life, and it's only through taking that step of faith, and then you will know that it's Him. When doubt comes, when doubt comes, is it true? Is it true? And Jesus says, if not me, then who? With that, let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.